0: Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. Um, You know, I I just got something here I got to run by. you, And it, it hit me. I think a lot of people can can understand this, but God does not want a one night stand. He doesn't want your um, weekend visitation rights. He doesn't want holidays and special occasion. He wants full custody. So think about it. Are you going to let God have full custody of you and your family? Or does he just get weekend visitations and, and holidays? You know last week I talked about uh, the the person in the fire and you're trapped in a fire there's no way out and here comes a fireman he comes rushing in and saves your life and you would be so thankful and yet Jesus did that same thing and we only just give him the weekend visitation rights you know we, we got to kind of put this in perspective and I don't think people understand how much God loves this a parent can probably understand this better but even if you're not a parent, if you've got a puppy, I love you using puppy on this, right? Because this will just actually kind of make you cringe. You give your puppy to somebody to let them nail it on a cross for somebody that won't even acknowledge your name. And this is what Jesus did for us. You know, I know that's that's harsh to think about, but isn't that the truth? We are not grateful enough. What I want to do is kind of turn the table. Instead of you being the one trapped in a fire, let's, you you get to be God for a minute here. And the firemen in here, Justin and, and Rob and stuff, you guys will understand this the best. Let's make you God, and so you're going to be the fireman to rush into the fire after somebody. You rush into the fire, there is no way out. They are doomed. You rush into the fire, and you save them. And they say, I didn't ask you to save me. Like, what? You know, uh, I I risked my life for you, and they're not grateful? Can you imagine? And maybe some of you guys have been through this before. Um, Hey, thanks, that's your job. You know, I probably would have got out myself. But thanks, you know, I risked my life to run into a fire and save you from something that you couldn't get yourself out of and, uh, yeah, that's just what you do. I didn't ask you to do that. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and somebody says, somebody says, you know, you need to thank them. You need to be more grateful. Now, don't parents do this to your kids? You need to be more grateful. Uh, okay, thank you. It wasn't genuine, you know? And I think we do this a lot, too. We take Jesus and we, we, say, we would say thank you. and, and um, But do we really mean it? Or is it just something we're supposed to do? You know, mom and dad said, hey, go over there and thank Uncle Bill for that present. Uh, Thanks, Uncle Bill. And they're like, what kind of a thank you was that? Isn't that how we treat him sometimes? We can't comprehend this love that he has. Okay, so now let's let's take you, you, you get to be God again, and you're the fireman. Now, this person, you love them, and they are trapped in a fire, and they cannot get out. You are going to risk everything to run in there and save them. This is a person you really love, and they won't acknowledge you. Now, you know, I can kind of understand this uh, a stranger or something. The scenario that I just gave you, if they didn't know who you were, hey, thanks, you know, I appreciate that. But now, this is somebody that you're close to, that you thought loved you, and you really love them. You saved them from a burning fire, and they don't acknowledge you. Or if they do, it's not really genuine a parent can understand this kind of love that god has for us and what he's done for us and sometimes we're not grateful enough i think it's something that we have to take a look at something that's that's very simple when god says he doesn't want anyone to perish you don't want your children to perish you sometimes watch your kids start to go down a road that is not good and you try to tell them this this is not good this is not what i want for you and they're doing it anyway and you know you ever seen these shows where the mother's running from bush to bush to bush to bush is the kids going off to school it's the first time they've ever gone by themselves and they're watching and they're watching and they're watching and you, you gotta let them right they want some independence and you gotta love them but that mother that's hiding behind a bush watching them loves them so much because she doesn't want them to perish and this is what God does to us. He sends his son to this earth to try to tell us the way to go and what to do. He was the one that rushed into the fire for you because he loves you so, so much. And yeah, okay, on Sunday I'll I'll go and watch the bearded guy and tell him thank you. All right? He gets the weekend visitation rights. And uh, maybe on, on Christmas I'll you know i got to go on christmas he he gets that too and uh, easter we got to do easter right those are our part-time visitation rights that a lot of you probably understand and don't we do this to god it's this mindset once you know i've been trying to do this for years to get you into this mindset of how much he loves you how much a father he is and he's not A harsh old God standing there waiting to pounce on you, but actually has to do some things to get you where he wants you with tears running down his face. I didn't want you to do that. And now you got yourself trapped in a fire. Can you imagine? Well, I'm going to save you because I don't want you to perish. And he doesn't, he doesn't need our thanks. He doesn't need our gratitude. Just the same way that you firemen don't need it. It's a commitment that you made. But don't you love it? Somebody that's truly, truly grateful. I've, um, I've seen so many people that, well, yeah, I, I accept Christ as my Savior. And uh, I've said the prayer. But all that other stuff is just, I don't, I don't get it. And so, you know, I'm, I'm saved because I said the thing. How genuine is that? Now, you, you understand when somebody's genuine. When somebody thanks you, you can, you can tell whether they're actually, uh, if they have a genuine thanksgiving in them or not. And I want you to evaluate yourself on where you're at with that. And it doesn't have to be some public spectacle. I, I, I'm always pushing that we need to do things effectively. But you know, when you're home or in your car or, or just a, 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 some time that you spend with God, how grateful are you? You know, when my feet hit the floor in the morning, I should be overwhelmed. You know, some of you guys are young. But when I stand up in the morning, I should be grateful. Some of you understand. <laughs> you begin to get more and more grateful when you realize just, just what he's done for you. And we, we don't have this saltiness that we're supposed to have. The last couple of weeks I've been on this kick about excitement. And we really don't have this, this salt of the earth. It says uh, you are the salt of the earth, but if your salt loses its flavor, how shall it be reseasoned? seasoned you know, don't, don't we do this? We get excited for a while and then it kind of fades away or maybe we're not really as excited as we thought we were and you're supposed to be the salt of the earth and uh, you come to church on Sunday or watch it online or whatever you do and yeah, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. Let's, let's get on with the Super Bowl. Now we're going to do baptisms next week and I understand it's Super Bowl Sunday, right? Right. Right. How, how good of a plan was that? But seriously, I'll get you out of here so you can have all the fun you want to do and all that kind of stuff. But more people are so concerned about getting their party ready than they are about actually giving thanks to God for what he's done for them. We, uh, we can do better at this. I've got to try to explain to you how much he loves you. And uh, this, is, this is really uh, kind of hard to do, and a lot of people have a lot of different questions. But when you get this excitement, when you realize uh, just what He's done for you and how much He does love you, this is the kind of reaction you will have. Come in here, all you who fear God, let me tell you what He has done for me. And this is, this is the kind of excitement that we need. Come in here. I, you're going to tell somebody, right? This is awesome. And, and I love people that have these great testimonies. But i got to tell you that some of the testimonies, some of the excitement are so old. You know, if I stood up here and gave you a testimony from when I was 20 years old, okay, what's he done for you lately? So what has he done for you lately? You know, each and every day when I get up and my feet hit the floor, I should be more Grateful. And somebody says, well, what's God done for you lately? Well, I took a breath this morning. That's pretty awesome, because I don't deserve that. We deserve to be separated from God. And we aren't really grateful. We aren't really excited. Come, hear what God's done for me. Well, if I give you a 20-year-old testimony, doesn't it kind of make you wonder, well, what's he done for you lately? So this excitement that I'm trying to get into you, that I'm trying to get you to understand this mindset I want you to get about how much he loves you is so recent, so fresh, so now. And we want to talk about all the great things that he's done for us that have happened so long ago that I want you guys to start changing this in the excitement that has happened today. Yesterday, last week, last month—not some twenty-year-old testimony. And my my greatest recommitment to life was when uh, to Christ was when Abby was born, and, and most of you know this whole story. And it was awesome. And you know, I've made this commitment. And I just love to tell the story. I bawl like a baby, but that was twenty-three years ago. What has He done for you today? And are you grateful for it? Is, is it a genuine thanksgiving that's in you? Or do you just take it for granted? Yeah, he loves me. Well, do you ever tell him, oh, sure, I told him this morning, I love you. That's not very genuine. You know, sometimes testimony needs to be the tears running down your face. That's gratitude. So what I want to do is take something very, very simple and try to get you to understand this. Let's put up John 3, 16. Everybody knows this one, right? For God so loved the world that... See, even my attitude is not very... Everybody knows this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son... Some of your paraphrases aren't going to use the word begotten, but it's very important, so I always do. It actually means that that He was part of conception, if you look up the word uh, begotten there. His only begotten Son, that whoever ever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting love, life. I'm not even saying it right. I, I don't care enough. Right? I, I hate to even put this up because everybody knows what it is. Can you feel the lack of no excitement with this? This is such a basic teaching that I don't even have the the love in me, because I think you guys all know this and all understand it, and this is so elementary. You know, where's the good message in all this? That's not very grateful. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Does that not tug at your heart? You hand your kid over to a bunch of thugs for them to nail him to a cross after they beat him, spit on him, flogged him, scourged. It's called scourged. It's a stick with leather straps. And at the end of the leather straps, they put shards of glass and nails and stuff so that when it wrapped around the flesh and they pulled it back, it would bring flesh with it. You understand what's happened? Oh, we love to just rattle this off, don't we? No emotion to it. That should rip your heart that you were part of this. That's how much he loves you. That he would give his child, your child sitting right there. Would you even think about letting us take your child, nail it, to a cross. For these people over here, you don't even know. That's amazing. So, how can I serve a God who lets people go to hell? One of the number one questions people ask. and I'm going to try to explain it to you the best that I can. Because He loves you that much. If you're a parent, you will understand that there's got to be consequences for your kids. If you're a parent that will let your kids do anything they want with no consequences, they will be out of control. And the person that asked this question wants that kind of God, that there is no consequences. Otherwise, they wouldn't ask the question. They would understand that there has to be a certain amount of consequence to your actions or you would run wild. So if you're a parent, um, I suppose I better use myself or somebody will think I'm talking about them. We had certain rules in our house, and the uh, the consequence for it had to be harsh enough so that Abby and Chelsea wouldn't do it. And we're we're kind of getting away from some of this in this world that we live in the penalty for certain things aren't great enough to stop people from doing it. If consequences were instant, you'd quit doing them, right? If you do this, you will die. You wouldn't do it, right? Especially once you saw somebody and they did it and they dropped over. Whoa! Okay, now you understand what the consequence is, right? We're not going to do that. And this is what parents want. They want to make sure that they... I better not use the word threaten. They want their kids to understand that the consequence is so great, and and you know what? I mean it. How many times have we said that? Just try me. I mean it. And we don't do squat. That's the God we want. You know, if the consequence was great enough, you'd quit doing some of the things that you do, that you're not supposed to do. And whether it's law or or. Uh, morals or whatever it is, if the consequence was great enough and if that consequence was instant, you certainly would stop doing it. So what God does is he has to have a consequence and it didn't stop them either. And it doesn't stop any of us because we have this God that is so loving and grace is so powerful and he has to have a consequence and he has to go through with it Otherwise, we would run wild. Now, this I'm, I'm getting to the point here. Let's, let's stay with me. How can God allow somebody to go to hell? He doesn't. You do. You're the ones that do it. When it happened, he made a consequence that was so great, he thought they would never do it. And they did it. And now, this mindset I've been trying to tell you about, think about this. God sees it happen and is, OMG, what am I going to do? And he comes up with this plan to save you, save your soul. So the consequence was death. And it happened. And he has an OMG moment. Everybody knows what that is, right? He has an OMG moment, and he comes up with this plan. Now, the plan has got to be so severe that you'll understand it, right? He does not want anybody to perish. We just read the verse that says he wants no one to perish. He's got to come up with a plan, and this plan has got to be good, and this plan has got to be something that you can realize. So he comes up with a plan and creates a substitute to take your punishment from you so that you won't and people don't do it. And then they say, how can I serve a God that would allow somebody to go to hell when he wants nobody to go to hell? And he made a plan to get you out of it. And you still won't do it. That's how easy it is. All you need to do is recognize that my son died for you, took your place. That's all yes. Salvation is really pretty simple. Romans ten nine. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. That's some pretty easy stuff. And people won't do it. And then they say, how can I serve a God that lets somebody go to hell? He has no desire for anybody to go to hell. It says right there, should no one perish? No one. So I got to ask you a question. Don't answer me. Don't raise your hands, but think about this. Can God serve you because you'll let somebody go to hell? You ask God, God, how can I worship you when you let somebody go to hell? And God said, how can I love you when you let somebody go to hell? Whoa. Hey, it's not my job. Maybe it is. How can God love somebody that will allow somebody to go to hell? What if the consequence was great? What if the consequence was enough that you would actually get it? He loves you so much. He came up with a plan so that you would not go to hell. But there's got to be a consequence or you would run wild. There's got to be this consequence. Otherwise, you would just say, oh, what difference does it make? In fact, if there was no punishment for sin, there wouldn't be any reason for forgiveness. There wouldn't be any reason for redemption. There wouldn't be any reason for grace. There wouldn't be any reason for the cross. We could do whatever we want. No consequence. No consequence. That's a God that most people want. That's the God they're looking for. And when they say, how can you worship a God that lets somebody go to hell? It's because that's what they want. No consequences. And there has to be. I don't know what I have to do to make you understand that he wants no one to go to hell. And yet we're wanting him to return to earth. We want the glorious appearing to come soon, the second coming of Christ. And, of course, most of you understand what will happen, right? But yet we have all these people that we love, that we're allowing to go to hell because we haven't told them any different. They'll figure it out on their own. Everybody knows about church and God, right? Right? But yet, think about it. How many people are actually going to go to hell? And he doesn't want that to happen. So why would he come back if there's still people that need to be saved? Still people that want to be saved. It's not so much that he can make them accept his son, but he wants them to. Let's say um, I had a conversation with somebody not too long ago about about Jesus returning. Let's say you have the cure for cancer. And uh, people are lining up at your door. And, oh, there's parents out there carrying their kids. They don't want their kids to get sick or or cancer, whatever you want to think about. You've got the cure for this worst thing ever. And there are people lined up at your front door. And as they come in, you're giving it to them. Okay, and, right, you're starting to get tired now. This line is long. We've been doing this for a long time. And the line doesn't seem to be getting any shorter. There's still people coming, getting in line. When would you go out or go to the front door and shut the door and say, I'm done? I'm I'm sorry, you guys out there that have come, that want it. I'm, I'm done. This has been long enough now. As long as they're coming, wouldn't you keep giving it to them? There's a demand and a supply, and people want it and they're lining up to get it, and you think that God's going to go out and shut the front door and say, I'm done, I'm tired, I've saved enough, I've done enough. When it says he wants no one to perish, as long as there are still people out there willing to hear the good news of Jesus Christ that have any interest in this at all, he's not going to shut the door we become this complacent person that isn't actually thinking about a God that loves us so much and all this good stuff that he wants for us, and there's a consequence. And this consequence we don't actually have to have because he took his child and gave it up for us. I'll ask you again. Your daughter's sitting right over there. I think she is, isn't it? Yep, she is. Do you love, um... Well, I better not pick on anybody, huh? The people that would hate you, do you love them enough to let them nail her to a cross? (laughs) Not a chance, right? We are normal people. I'm not going to let anybody take Abby and nail her to a cross. But he loves us enough that he would allow that? That's amazing. And we can't get our mind wrapped around this, that there's that kind of love, that he doesn't want anybody to perish. He's got this great plan, and it is so simple. And people won't do it. I better pray. Thank you, Father. I cannot comprehend that kind of love, but I am so thankful that you have it for us. Thank you for waiting for me. Thank you for waiting for a lot of people that I know. But God, there are so many more that are still lined up, that are so close to the front door. Don't close it now. God, thank you for our time together here. Thank you for a better understanding of who you are and how good you are. Let us go from this place and comfort us and protect us because we have the excitement for the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.